This is a special partnership for the Arts Talk Show with Dave, Kat, and Chris. Okay, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. Kat, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Dave. How about yourself? You know, I'm doing good because I got my fresh coffee in my vac mug. And that little chink there was my air coffee that I have for today. <laughs> I think I just had a gallon of iced tea, so that would put me over the edge, uh, which <gasps> there's a story about. Oh, there is, which yeah. we were going to touch. Ooh, touche. Very Good. <laughs> Very good. Yes. So speaking of that, we'll just use that as a good segue is uh, we have some changes coming to the show, right? That's right. As I believe everyone knows by now, the followers that have uh, been listening to the show and have been following on uh, Facebook and the website made the announcement. Uh, you'll be leaving the chair, the mic on the show as co-host. So we have this show and one more. Yeah, to one do. more show. Then you're going to be heading off to other adventures, so to speak. That's right. I have some family matters to mm -hmm. take care of yeah. and other opportunities with the arts, uh, expanding my horizons a bit. Commissions to catch up on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always a catch up. <laughs> it's always a catch up. But it's lovely. It's just, it's great. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, if you can just muster through it, you'll relish every moment. <laughs> it's corn doggy jokes here. <laughs> and Kat, I just want to say on behalf of everyone involved with this show, it's been an honor, a pleasure, lots of laughs, lots of fun uh, working with you. Uh, you've raised the bar, no doubt. And we are all going to miss you, of course. So well, thank you so thank much, you for that. and yeah. it's been such a privilege to be here. Yeah. It, it's some, it's a decision that you know I had to cut other things out in my life, and this was just the very last thing, and I just did not want to do it. Uh, the camaraderie we have, the artists that come in, uh, the listeners, yeah. I, it, it just, it was such a blessing that I was able to have this time. And I'll still, you know. Yeah, it's not goodbye. About, yeah, it's not goodbye. We'll catch up, and and maybe even now we have a new art correspondent in the field in another area. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know. We'll might be two areas. I can yeah, be living in two areas. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You will be. Yeah. But it's been great, and we do have one more show to that's do. That's right. So this will be the uh, second to last show on this side of the mic and mm -hmm. in the chair. And speaking of the chair, the chair next to you, over the edge from you. Over the edge from <laughs> me, actually kind of paired over the edge. Right, there, yeah. So to speak. And as our new co-host coming in on the show, Chris, again, welcome to the show. And I'm going to attempt <laughs> to pronounce your last name uh, one more time. <laughs> Fankhauser. Well, you almost got it right. It's Fankhauser. It's Chris Fankhauser. But we're saying the same. <laughs> thank, thank you. Very German. There we go. Right. So, Chris, you're going to be joining us. For yeah. <laughs> Actually, we're just very happy just meeting you and, and just sensing you that you're just so perfect Aww, for this. And just, uh, I'm, I can't wait to listen to the future. 
Yay. episodes. They're going to be fantastic. And I just, I think we need to tie this back in when you said over the edge. Mm -hmm. Chris, you and I, we did go over the edge together. We did. And we have video and pictures to prove it. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I think everybody that listens knows because we have talked about it. Mm -hmm. It was the, uh, the fundraiser for the uh, children, for the kids, uh, for drug-free Charlotte County. Mm -hmm. And uh, you and I had the same time slot. Caught yes. up at the end. You, you got ahead of me there. Yeah. Well, you know, I was telling, the funny thing, when I went into the building the day before, because in my job as a marketer, I need to go visit people. And one of the offices I visited was at the top floor of the SunTrust building. So I looked out and I thought, well, that's not too bad. And oh, hey, look, there's the mall. If I start getting <laughs> nervous, I'm gonna look at the mall and remind myself I can go shopping afterwards. <laughs> oh no, that did not happen. I focused on my feet and I told myself, you know, just take your time. Don't get in a hurry. And I had seen somebody before us get nervous. Which is my delay coming down. Yeah, they, they were a little nervous. And <laughs> yeah. they, had to, they, help, they had to help them down. But they did it. They yeah. made it. They yeah, made it. they yeah. did. But I decided I wanted to just, you know, be calm and breathe. And I focused on my feet all the way down. Next thing you know, I look up and here comes Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, that was me. I had my Spider-Man shirt on. Okay, so with that said, Kat, Chris... You ready to start? I'm ready. Ready to go. Okay, then. Here we go. This is Partnership for the Arts. Come join us. As we explore the worlds of art. You can also find all of our episodes on our Facebook page, Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show. Or you can find all of our episodes on our new website, pfta.org. This show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Okay, everyone, we are back, and I want to make sure that one more time we introduce everybody sitting around the table before our guest gets here. We do have Victor Gardner that we are going to talk to, and Victor is a scratch art artist, a cosplay prop maker, a metal smither, among many other things, steampunking and uh, some of the other eclectic things that we're going to talk to him about. And for any of our listeners out there that may not know what I just said <laughs> about cosplay and steampunk, you're going to find out all about it. Excellent work. An incredible artist that is quickly gaining notoriety. And he'll be here shortly. Cat, you're sitting here with us. And we have our new co-host joining us for the show. That is Chris Fankhauser. Right. There we go. And Chris, I think we need to give a big shout out to Melissa Lockhart, your boss there at Helping Hands, which is actually, so to speak, put you on loan during your normal busy working schedule so that you can join us and, and help co-host the show. Yeah. So Melissa, I want to thank you for that. Thank you we so thank much. You for that. Thank you. And we were talking before the commercial. We were talking about how we met and, and how we were going over the edge. And I started walking down the building and I thought, you know, this is kind of fun. And then I started actually jumping and pulling down, <laughs> coming down. And, and that was your first time repelling, wasn't it? Yes. That was oh, it was. So okay. You yeah. were a lot more brave than me. I'm just like one foot in front. Well, kind of in front of the other, maybe behind, <laughs> behind the other. The other down line. Yeah, yes, yeah. like kind of like in Finding Nemo, just keep swimming, swimming, <laughs> swimming. So, but my son was, was very nice to video us and so he caught both dave and i coming oh, down that's wonderful and, yeah. yeah and uh after i got down on the ground i thought well you know if i had a bucket list that would now be checked off 
and then went out to eat with my son afterwards and thought that's all there is to it. He thought he'd do it next year. And the next morning I woke up and I said, you know what? I think I want to do it again. So Dave, next year, same time, same building. <laughs> yeah, I'm already registered to, to do it. So awesome. uh, we'll just ask for the same time there. We there can, you uh, go. We could turn it in. <gasps> we can have you come and support us, Kat, and you can video yeah. it and we can put it on. That's right. Web- oh, okay. The show's going thing. over the edge. Ooh. <laughs> there we go. So anyway, it was great. Yeah, I think we've done that a couple of times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and it's going to go way oh, further. Oh, you can get Spider-Man gorgeous. outfits or costumes. <gasps> Spider I could be Wonder body. Woman That's or right. whatever. Ooh. There you go. They did say people had capes. Yes. They had to be fact, approved. In okay. Fact, in the release form that everyone has to sign, there's actually a section that states any capes have to be pre-approved <laughs> to go over the edge because people were dressing up and, right. and several did there yeah. that day when they went down. Now. I saw tutus. Do you remember seeing tutus? Yeah, the one lady had the tutus <laughs> yes. on was going down. And then, of course, we had the mascot, the stuffed dinosaur yes, going Dennis, over the edge. Yes, Dennis, Dennis the dinosaur. Oh. Dennis the dinosaur. Okay, well, Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you. And, uh, and speaking of welcomes, we have our guest that's been very patient sitting over here, waiting there. Victor. Good afternoon. Welcome to to the show. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Gartner. Victor Gartner. Victor, want to just say we met by, I guess you could say, third party. You know, we had been talking on the show here about the fling with bling that Mm -hmm. Belinda did. And you, of course, know Belinda as well. Yes. Student of hers, right? With that. And we were at the fling with bling. And of course, they had the auctions there and the things you could buy. It was a great event. It was a great event. They raised a lot of money in five hours for the new equipment that we are getting. And I, I and I like to say we because I'm going to be in that, that new wax forming molding class because I'll be sculpting in that class, working <laughs> with that, doing my action figures. I was there at the Flame with Playing and they were going around with the jewelry and, and all that. I was there supporting it. And then I saw it. <laughs> it was setting over on the table. And this was, of course, one of your creations. For the viewers out there, we will actually put a picture on there when the show airs. We'll actually have it so they can see what we're talking about. I've actually got it sitting here next to me. Uh, And I loved it. And they walked around with it, and I said, yes, that will be mine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So made the bid on it and got it. Belinda then introduced us that night. And um, another big fan of your other work was is your scratch art. I actually mm-hmm. talked about it on another show because you actually do quite a wide range of art. We're gonna we're gonna cover all it's of that. It's hard to pin me down. Hard to <laughs> pin you down. <laughs> well, you have a really interesting background, and I see that you got started just from enjoying coloring books as a child. That's what your first entryway into the art. Yeah. And you have said that creative expression is your passion, so you, it's not like you're pigeonholing yourself into one genre right. or, or just one style, whether it's two-dimensional or three-dimensional. But I'm curious how one just seemed to lead to the other, and you even dabbled in music. I'm, I'm not very good <laughs> music, but I dabbled in it, yes. And uh, I was in a couple of, you know, garage bands, and so... Yeah, I still have my guitars. <laughs> so lead guitar or bass guitar or uh, I would rhythm? consider myself a rhythm guitar player, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just don't have the chops for being a lead guitar player. <laughs> well, that's okay. There's a place yeah. for everybody. I have to ask, you said guitars as in multiple. What kind? 
I have this guitar that's made in Japan mm -hmm. at a factory that uh, is well known to guitarists from like the 60s and 70s, the Matsumuko mm. um, Guitar Factory. And they made Ibanez, they made Vantage guitars, they made, um, I think, Guilds for a while. So it's a well-made guitar and it looks a lot like a Gibson guitar. But, okay. And it probably plays as well as a Gibson guitar, but for much less money. <laughs> and uh, I've had that guitar since, I'm going to say, maybe about 1980. Oh, mm, okay. Nice. Yeah. And worn the frets out yet? No. no <laughs> and, and I have two acoustic guitars, one which I, I leave down here in Florida and one which I leave up in Maine, so I'm not carting instruments back and forth that's right i Smart, i remember yeah. now we were talking you are as we say seasonal down here yes yeah we like to go back well traditionally my wife likes to go back earlier than i do <laughs> uh, the last few years we went back it was rainy it was cold and windy and uh, we had to bundle up for a month before the weather really cleared up in, in maine so i i was successful in talking to her into possibly delaying and delaying and delaying. <laughs> so now we're not going back until June 2nd. And I'm very happy about that. Great. There Any chance know. you would ever become a year-round resident? We both talk about that and say it's a possibility. Yes. Oh, that would right. be awesome. I know. Right. right. Yeah. Okay, so Victor, let's talk about one of your favorite subjects. I know you wanted to touch on this. Sure. You, again, you have been in Belinda's class, a student mm -hmm. there with the metalsmithing. Yes. What style do you like there? What, what do you usually work on there? I like to work with tools that manipulate the silver. Mm -hmm. So I like to do hammering, but sometimes there's somebody trying to record a blog in the next room <laughs> and, and hammering is frowned upon. <laughs> so, so they're trying to convince me to use like, you know, a plastic mallet instead of something that's significant. You know, I, uh, that's true. I, 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 it took me for a second. I didn't know where you were going with that. The, the library, Chris, used to be on the other oh, side of the building. Oh, gosh. And it was next to the class, as, as Victor was saying. And we would oh. be in there and we'd hear that. Tap, 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 tap. And we're like, oh, they're really getting busy in there. And then it'd be. <laughs> and then, of course, then they would bring out the torches and uh, everything. Well, yes. you know, you could always just say, since a, a lot of this is going on in the wintertime, it's Santa's elves getting ready for Christmas, you know. Well, yes, a True. lot of us are trying to get things ready for Christmas. And, and that torch area is also known as the swearing permitted area <laughs> because that's where most of us ruin our pieces of silver. Well, that wouldn't be good to air. That's the part that always gets edited out. <laughs> so in other words, they have traditions going on in that part oh, of the building. Oh, we do. And a lot of people make beautiful artwork, but I, I have the corner on making scrap silver. That, that's what happens. Well, like I said, there's a place for everyone. Well, you utilize it really well. It's beautiful. Yeah, well, well, that, creations. That, that, that's that part of the, uh, the, the silver work. That's just a whole different thing. But I do have made some nice people. <laughs> so where do you get your inspiration, Victor? Oh. Every time I see art somewhere, mm -hmm. like these street sidewalk shows, or uh, I go to uh, a gallery, I keep on thinking, oh, I've got to try that. I wonder how they do that. And so enameling is on my list in the back of my head somewhere. <laughs> I've never tried enameling, and I certainly would like to, to do that. 
uh, casting. I know that that's going to be coming up soon. Yes, yes. We, uh, yeah. In fact, Belinda came to me today and said, we have the drawings done. So that means they have the drawings on how they want the extension made on the back of the building here for the okay. reality. So, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, excited about that. So let's go back a couple of years. Uh, let's talk about how you first got involved in this. I was doing watercolor here primarily. Oh, okay. And, and then, you know, I was taking a look every once in a while, look in the shop and I, I was invited to walk in and walk around. Mm -hmm. I said, this is really cool. <laughs> uh, and once again, being able to work with tools with my hands right. uh, instead of a paintbrush. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, that's, that's more in line with who I am and what I like to do than, than the painting. I was just going to ask you if you felt more liberated working that way yes. as opposed to a brush and two-dimensionally. It, it, I'm getting a sense that you have this kind of three-dimensional vision, the way that you put elements together in a very creative expression, just as you had mentioned being your passion, it's like you can be inspired by something, it clicks something in your mind, uh, you're ticking away like how they do it, but then it's almost like you see something else to bring in with that. So I can see where maybe working two-dimensionally might feel make you feel a little caged in. Limited. Sometimes I feel that way, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you think your, your direction from this point out is probably going to stick with mostly the 3D work? I think scratch art is still one of my prime interests. I, I, I love the scratch art, but the 3D is starting to catch up to mm -hmm. it. So I don't know where this is all going well, to go. Well, you know what's interesting about scratch art is you actually have to have a spatial vision to do it. You, you have to think backwards and you have to think spatially to actually do that. You know, being a painter, mm -hmm. I can't imagine trying to think backwards than the way that I've been applying things like certain steps, mm -hmm. uh, because I, I don't think I think as spatially as sculptors might or people that handle it. And by the way, they're amazing. Yeah, yeah, you're really work amazing work. Thank you. And what fueled your desire to do the scratch art? That's something that I'm very right. curious yeah. about, because oh, it's the... not like you're sitting there one day watching MacGyver and saying, you know what, I bet you I can make <laughs> art out of something <laughs> like that. But it's a, the, the piece that we have mm -hmm. here in the studio is incredible. Well, I was walking down the hall at a high school uh, of the district that I was working in, and every year they have the students uh, post their their art in these cabinets where there's glass over them so nobody can mess around with them because students have a way of playing nasty jokes on <laughs> right? one another. Yeah. <laughs> and here was this scratch art that these high school kids did. I said, this is pretty amazing and dramatic, just mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. black and white. Right, yeah. I said, one of these days I have to try this. And then, lo and behold, I was visiting the Northport Art Center, and there was this post-up by Cheryl Irwin, who teaches the scratch art class. Really? Cheryl Irwin? She was your instructor? Yeah. And I signed up, and we met, and I was her first student. Really? <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Her first and only student at that time. And it, it just worked for me. I, I really like it, and I do highly detailed work. Mm. You Usually do. Yes, you do. When I scratch. Oh, yeah. Um, and yet, there's this inner me that says, boy, I really love loose paintings. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how to uh, make that work. My desire to do 
really tight work and at the same time have this love for loose work. Mm. I, I think I, I completely understand that because I'm the same way. I'm very tight with my work. I'm very methodical, but I can go into a museum or gallery and just fall in love with the loose, lush like some of the paintings look so delicious, like you can eat it, you know, mm -hmm. and <laughs> kind of kind of like yeah. the abstract, like Gina mm -hmm. Battle's work. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah her yeah. work is phenomenal. I just can't take my eyes off of it. I've tried to paint that way. It doesn't work. But I wonder if it has something to just to do with the way we process application. Do you find it meditative? Like when you're just, yes, you get into that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. When I'm mm -hmm. in the zone, People will call my name a few times, and I don't even know they're talking to me. <laughs> don't even know they're talking to me. They have to actually come over to me, stand next to me, and then I'm like, "You're in my space." What <laughs> As we were talking before we actually uh, started recording about how my son, when he started out, he would put a picture in front of him mm -hmm. and then draw at larger scale. Do yes. you use something as a model, or do you do it all by memory? I would say probably most of my work, like 90% of my work is when I'm doing 2D, uh -huh. is things that I have seen or I can make an enlargement of something and then work from that enlargement okay. as opposed to just coming up with things out of my head. Although, I mean, it's not like it's impossible for me to do mm -hmm. that. <laughs> <laughs> but when I fall in love with something that I've seen online, I say, yes, this has to be my next project. <laughs> and how hard is it, like it, let's say that you have a, a color picture of something and you're trying to do the scratch art, is it difficult to do the transposition from a colored work to just the scratching? I'm just dealing with uh, the gray scale. Gotcha. With the scratch art though, I know that any kind of detail work takes time. About how much time would you invest in uh, maybe a, a 10 by 12 inch piece to the detail that you bring it in? I know certain things like pointillism. <laughs> I, that's why I only did one in my life <laughs> because I, I'm a slow painter to begin with, but to do pointillism, mm -hmm. I'm just curious if, if scratch art is kind of in that category. It's a slow process. Some people look at it and they say, oh, that must be so tedious. But for me, it isn't because as you said, I go in that zone right? Yeah. Right, and I'm just there and I'm enjoying the time and I'm not thinking about anything else. That honeydew list is not on my mind whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's great. Um, but how many hours? Well, that Star Wars Imperial Destroyer was the most time consuming piece I ever did. And I'm going to say that it was probably around 150 hours. And mm -hmm. that's it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, it, no, it, it's a. Uh, and, and people don't a, realize that. That's like, a lot. So it is a lot of that's hours. That's a lot of hours. Yeah. And yeah. I can do like maybe up to three hours at a clip. Oh, and yeah. Then, and then I just have to get away from mm -hmm. it because I, you know, I'm looking through magnification mm -hmm. to help me do the Right, the because detail. it is so yeah. it's small and, and, and intricate detail work yes. there on that. Yeah. I'm just thinking 150 hours. I would finish my pilot's license and have two other ratings by then. I could get about three more master's degrees with that. <laughs> Do you ever have to put a work down for a while now and then maybe come back a couple days later, a week later? Or do you usually say, okay, I'm just going to stick with it until it's done? Sometimes what I do is I, I just put it in a place where I'm going to see it all throughout the day as I'm walking around the house. Mm. And I can just look at it for a little while and then move on and then at some point it will hit me about what I need to do to that piece 
to change it so that I'm satisfied, you know, maybe it'll just hit me why it doesn't seem to be exactly on spot on for some reason. Uh, as, as an example, I, I did a portrait of Michelle Obama, and there's something a little bit wrong about that portrait. I haven't figured it out yet, but I don't want to give up on it. <laughs> I will get back to it and I will finish it. Do you, are you still walking by and looking at the portrait? Not that or one. Have you <laughs> turned Michelle. it against the wall? She is, she's in my portfolio at the moment. Okay. Uh, that might be the best thing, though, because sometimes I'll get to that point and I have to turn it away and not look at it for a while. And then as soon as I feel I have enough rest and you turn it back around and look at it, it jumps out at you right away. You know exactly what you have to do. And that is yeah. something that I think we kind of get a consensus on when we talk to artists in any medium. Do you concentrate on one or do you actually work on multiple pieces? I'm working on a scratch board right now. Okay. I'm working on a 3D piece. Okay, the answer's multiple. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about this 3D piece. I'm, I'm trying to figure out some things in my head about doing another steampunk piece. Awesome. Found all the right pieces yet to make it a a go. I, in my mind, I'm imagining something that looks like a blimp, mm. right? And it's going to have some kind of netting around it, and it's going to have the um, like the basket, the basket the, underneath the gondola. The gondola. Oh, there you go. That Thank was you. the word I was hunting for, but it didn't <laughs> pop up. Thank you. Uh, no charge. And, <laughs> and then it's got to have steampunk contraptions besides that on it. You know, some kind of a string propeller in the front, another source of power in the back. Whatever. So I, I'm a collector of odd things so that I have a, a mm -hmm. resource pile that I can look through. It drives my wife nuts. <laughs> that I, every time I see something, I go, ooh, that's interesting. She knows it's going home. Yeah. You know? So you don't have a junk drawer. You have a resource drawer. Really? <laughs> well, I have the shed outside. <laughs> oh, shelves and, and, and tubs. So is that down filled. here and up in Maine? Just down here. Okay, okay. okay. But I, I find a lot of my stuff up in Maine. Oh. I have a, a favorite oh. flea market mm -hmm. that I like to go to. And I, I bring a lot of stuff back down. Okay, well, Victor, hold that thought. And just a note before we go to commercial break. Victor, I don't know if you knew this or not, but Cheryl is actually going to start instructing here at Scratch Art at the VAC. Really? <laughs> yes, indeed. And we'll be right back. Hi everybody, my name is Zoe Hale. I'm an artist here at the Visual Arts Center and I teach a class too. I truly enjoy listening to Dave and Kat on their show <laughs> and it'll be good. Hello everyone and we are back for mm -hmm. the second part of our interview with Victor Gartner. And I want to thank Zoe Hale so much for that last commercial. Right. She was she was a lot of fun to have on this show. I we know. never knew what was going to come out and which direction <laughs> she was going. But fascinating life with all the work she's done in movies and everything. Yeah. So, Victor? Yes, sir. I'm still uh, here. Yeah. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for hanging on there. During break, we started talking about the steampunk. steampunk. Mm -hmm. Right. And you have a really interesting story about how you discovered that. Yes, and I was in uh, Kennebunk, Maine. Uh, I summer just south of Kennebunk in the next town, Wells. And I was walking down Main Street, and here are these two young men 
dressed in steampunk garb. So their their jackets were kind of long, almost almost down to their knees. They had top hats. They had goggles with the dark glass in them, and and they were had ornaments around them, you know, so they looked like they were mechanical goggles somehow. <laughs> and they had uh, steampunk guns and holsters, and you could just tell that mm -hmm. they weren't real guns, but <laughs> it, it was very interesting. So I, I just said, do you mind if I uh, stop you for a moment and then talk about how you're dressed? So they said, oh, sure, not at all. And they, they explained that they were going to a uh, steampunk annual event that happens at the Brick Museum store in Kenny Bunk. So I decided to go over there and check it out, and I thought it was very interesting. I love that yeah. steampunk style, I really do. It's very imaginative work, mm -hmm. and a lot of twist on the old stuff because they'll use it, like you mentioned, right. the, the top hats and the vest and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So, Victor, let me ask you for those that may not be familiar with the steampunk style, how would you classify it? How would you describe it? Some people refer to it as Victorian era sci-fi. Yes, <laughs> and that is, that's true. Yeah, that's a that great way true. to so describe it. So you think of Jules Verne. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the original steampunk, as people <laughs> claim. Yeah. Uh, the inventor of mm -hmm. that style. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Captain Nemo and his submarine. Mm -hmm. You know, Those are great examples of uh, steampunk well, uh, wizardry. Disney, I should say. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, it's funny how you mentioned that you stumbled upon steampunk that way. I was actually at Queen Mary out in California back in 2013 and happened upon it very similarly. I saw a room full of displays and I thought, oh, look at all this wonderful Victorian attire. Oh, why is there metal attached to it everywhere? So very similar to you. I, I was curious as to what this was and, and that's what open my world. Of course, I did not take it as far as you did in turning it into collectibles and artwork, mm. but is that where you started your steampunk creations? I did. That, that really got me uh, going and thinking about it. Um, I was always really impressed by that 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea movie. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I said, oh, I could do this. You know, I, I, have, I have some stuff already in the bin that, you know, I'm just waiting <laughs> to use somehow and then it wasn't too long before i said to myself hmm there's an oxyacetylene torch for sale at uh, a tool place down on tamiami i think uh, it's time i bought that torch and well one thing led to another and i started making things that's great do you lean towards certain things you like to make of that style any particular items i mean i, well, I know i see the props that you brought in I like to find things that are older, mm -hmm. real wood, real metal. Uh, some people like to make um, the steampunk weapons using uh, like Nerf guns right. and then <laughs> painting them and decorating them. But I want to do the whole thing from, from scratch. scratch and mm -hmm. I would be using pipes instead of uh, a plastic gun to begin with. Nerf whatever. guns seemed like that would be cheating. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, the purists uh, well, I in guess the I'm steampunk a movement would think so also. Yes. Well, you think about it because all of the steampunk items I've ever seen just feel like, I don't know if you could say this, real quality work. And, right, and, and yeah. Nerf Gun would be like a, 
a dollar store knockoff of something. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. I will say for the, the ones that I have seen, but Victor, I agree with you, I prefer building from scratch myself, but you won't know it's actually a Nerf gun when it's done because mm -hmm. it's cut in half or glued onto and, and stuff added to it, but, uh, right. but yeah. Highly modified. Highly modified. <laughs> Highly modified in Victorian sci-fi style. Tur turbocharger, flamethrower. Yes. Or as Elon Musk would say, not a flamethrower. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm a plethora of useless information. You'll find that out. <laughs> Looking forward to this. Oh, you just, just wait if I have another cup of coffee. It'll really go over the edge that way. <laughs> Turning the show into super high octane. Yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe the experiment for the uh, for the last set of the show when we have her on next time. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, Chris, it's just tea. <laughs> no, it's decaf. I, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would remind me of the part out of Iron Giant where the kid gets a hold of the, what do you call it? The espresso. The espresso. Yeah, and he says. That's espresso, kid. He goes, no, I'm cool. That's hip. And then he goes, then a second later, he's running around the room going, why don't kids just do their stupid homework? That's just needs to do their stupid homework. Got any more? <laughs> there you right. go. There you go. Which, that's another thing. Uh, you know, you were talking about a wonderful book that we actually have in the library here on Steampunk. Uh, well, yes. actually, it's in Belinda's class. Belinda's library. Belinda's okay. class. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Which you haven't seen Belinda's I class. I have not. But there's a lot of great stuff in there to use. Oh yeah, they have samples of clothing, um, pictures of punk artwork, samples of oh, weapons, and things that you can actually use like uh, book covers that are steampunk and uh, notebooks that are steampunk, uh, some tools that are steampunkish. <laughs> <laughs> It's worth seeing. I can't remember the there name of the book. Are. I cannot remember. I wish I could. Now, is there any bit of history in that book as to how this um, genre started? Well, I have to confess that I was only looking at the pictures. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, I can see how that would distract you. So you don't read the instructions. You just look at the pictures and put it together. And go from there. That Get may be a project. and go from yeah. there. Right? Project for another day. How did steampunk start? That would be very curious know. to find out. Yeah. No Somebody idea. like yourself who had a, a junk shed that needed to put it to some good use, so they told their wife, no, dear, it's steampunk. <laughs> That's right. We can't throw this away. I, I need it. It's going out unless you're going to use it. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> well, let's see what I can make out of this uh, old and fishing said, net and yeah, this old yeah, pipe. Right. And, and, and yep. you said you needed a towel rack, huh? <laughs> Look, honey, I made it just for you. You know, I think I just discovered it. It just occurred to me. He probably had an old shirt <laughs> that the wife was going to throw out that he didn't want to get rid of. And it went from there. <laughs> ah, there you go. That's a good story, huh? <laughs> it's got holes. I'll fill those holes. <laughs> yeah. And welcome back to Storytime with Dave. <laughs> it does happen. <laughs> but we're going to take a break and we'll be right back before I go into another story. <laughs> Hi. My name is George Mancini, and I listen to Partnership for the Arts, and it is a rewarding experience. 
Okay, so we are back, and we are sitting here with our guest, Victor Gardner, and we've been talking about quite a few different things that you've done. You've only touched on the, the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. There's a lot more to cover. And before I forget, we want to make sure we thank George Mancini for that commercial spot. Again, world-renowned musician and an instructor. Something that no doubt you will appreciate there, Victor. And just speaking of music, uh, that kind of brings us back around. And Chris, you had mentioned that you did want to ask Victor another question about his uh, music history. How yes. did you start with guitar? Oh, how did I start? <laughs> <laughs> well, when Story I was... Time with Victor. <laughs> <laughs> when yes. I was very young in elementary school, I, I had a love for music. I liked to play my father's records. Mm-hmm. And they were 78s, by the way. <laughs> he had this blues collection in 78 with real albums, you know, with all oh, of the yeah. different discs in a book. Oh, yeah. yeah. And one of the shows I used to like to watch on TV had to do with, it was called Memory Lane. And he had this orchestra that would uh, play songs every episode. And I think it was on every day. And I was really taken by the uh, trombone player. Yes, I, that's how I really started oh, with an oh. instrument, was the trombone. And my arm wasn't long enough to play the lowest <laughs> note on the trombone. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and, and my mother enjoyed my trombone playing so much that she insisted I had to do it in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a sweet thing to do. So, so I, I really kind of got discouraged with playing the trombone because I couldn't hit the lowest notes. My mother didn't want me to practice. My father kept on insisting that I practice. But he wasn't home when I was practicing. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of just left it under the bed for a while. But this was a rental. Uh-huh. And uh, one day my father says to me while we're having supper, the whole family, he said, uh, Victor, uh, you practicing your trombone? Oh yeah, of course. How much? Well, half hour. How often? Every day. Every day. Oh yeah, Dad, every day. So I figured right after supper, I better go up there and I'll start practicing. I look under my bed, it's not there. Oh, <laughs> I knew that was coming. Oh, I, I run downstairs, my trombone's missing. My dad goes, yeah, I know, I turned it back two weeks ago. Busted. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I was busted, all right. <laughs> so then that transpired into something else. Well, then. Then um, my dad was saying, well, is there another instrument you would rather do? And I said, yes, I, I would really like to do guitar. Oh, okay. So he said, well, let's go get one. We went to a, uh, a pawn shop where this person sold um, guitars that had been brought in on pawn. And there were also some guitars made in the Orient that were very uh, low-quality guitars and, and low-priced. And he bought me one of those, <laughs> uh, which was a very difficult guitar to play because the strings are so high above the neck that it takes a lot of mm. hand strength mm. to get to the yeah. front of those yeah. strings down. So I, I developed hand strength and calluses like you wouldn't believe uh, <laughs> in my left hand. My right hand, not so much, but my yeah. left hand, yes. Mm. And uh, I started taking lessons. And So did you practice the guitar better than the trombone? I did. I really did practice. Okay. I did. Um, and then I got to be the age where I was paying more music to, uh, more attention to music on the radio. And then, you know, I'm hearing things like the Kinks, you know, uh, and, and, and the Rolling Stones and other, other right. people who were playing basically what I could recognize as being songs with three chords in them, you know, CFG. Mm-hmm. I, like, mm-hmm. I could do that. <laughs> you know? 
and that started my rhythm guitar playing. And then I, I met this guy, Louie, two blocks down who played the drums. Then he and I started getting together. And then we discovered this guy, Ray, who lived right between us, played the saxophone. Oh, that, nice. that was our first That's band. Neat. So we used to play in each other's yards practicing and all the kids in their bicycles would come around and gather down there. Cars would slow down and we're like, over there. <laughs> you know, I just got to say one thing and I, I mm -hmm. hope you guys picked up on this too. How awesome it was for your dad to yes. continue to encourage you right. to play an instrument. Even if you were not proficient in trombone, he still encouraged you and you don't see that all the time. No, no. no. Most of the time it's like, oh, you're not very good at that. Let's put it away. How about let's put you in soccer? Right. You know? Yeah. But he still encouraged you to be active in the arts, and I think that's fabulous. Yeah. I was waiting for you to say, I got the guitar, and I started listening to the Rolling Stones, and then I found out that I can really wail on the guitar, and I went back to the attic. <laughs> <laughs> I was always so surprised that my parents would allow the band to practice at our place, because, you know, we were talking about amplification. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And we weren't quiet, <laughs> so, so that was great. And uh, my guitar teacher at some point said to my father, you know, Victor's really ready for a better guitar. Oh. So uh, he said, I, I know a person who sells electric guitars that would be appropriate for his size, because I was still pretty young then. He said, um, I can bring a couple over for you to take a look at. So he did, and uh, my father said, yeah, I'll have that guitar and that electric guitar. It was electric guitar, no wow. less. It wasn't acoustic. It was electric guitar and, and an amplifier, which was wow. made by this woman and her husband in their house. It was like mm -hmm. a mom-and-pop business. Now it would be considered a boutique amplifier, tube right. amplifier. Father <laughs> could have sold that thing now for about a grand. But, you know, it wasn't very expensive at the time. Yeah. My father didn't have much money. Again, kudos to your father for yeah, doing that. Absolutely. Exactly. Now, I have to ask you, Victor, were your parents, did they pursue the arts in any way, shape, or form? They seem to have been encouraging you with all the other, when you started off, I guess, drawing as a young kid and just getting the coloring books, they seem to really encourage that. And I'm just curious if they themselves had pursued art. No, not at all. Really? But it no. sounds like they They're creative, supported though. art. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, my, uh, my father once bought a carving kit and I can remember that he made this, this disc of engraved angles on mm -hmm. my mother's cutting board. And he was very proud of that. And, <laughs> and it looked great. And one of us still has that cutting board. Mm. Mm. And, and sometimes he would make a Halloween or a Christmas something for the window. Okay. Okay, but my mother, nothing at all. Really? And Interesting. It, and, and it was, once again, my parents um, encouraging me to go from the crayons into pencil and charcoal right. with this John Negi set. Now, John Negi was a guy who was on TV, mm -hmm. and he had the camera, you know, focused on the, his uh, tripod, and he had this big pad of paper. And he kind of like a Bob Ross stuff. type? Yeah, yeah. Okay. exactly, yeah. right. And, and I got this kit, and one of the things I did was a Great Dane, the head of a Great Dane, and my father kept on talking about what a great job that I had done. Well, it, it was kind of rare for my father to... Uh, to praise, so I was—I really had a swelled head about that. <laughs> oh I, I can't believe this. You know, he really, really likes it. So I brought it to to school in my notebook. My father really didn't want me to uh, 
take it out of the house because he was afraid I would lose it because I lost almost everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I'd what kids do. I come home without my jacket. You know. Where's so, your shoe? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, uh, it was the day that I had art and I wanted my art teacher to see it and she was walking up and down the rows to see what we'd been working on and I showed her this dog and she just went, mm-hmm, and walked on to the next student. Oh, so it was wow. like she just dismissed me thinking that perhaps I hadn't really done it. How heartbreaking was that? Yeah. That was. That was very, very disappointing. Oh. Because if we could have had a connection, I, I think I would have pursued art more aggressively and at a much younger age. Mm -hmm. And it was the same art teacher who assigned us, like a year later, uh, something that we had to include in a mural that was going to be on this long bulletin board in the hallway. And uh, she said, well, I want you to do a car. I said, all right, I'll do a car. And I kept on trying at home with, with pencil right. to draw a car. And I just couldn't get the perspective right. You know, I wanted kind of like a three-quarter head-on okay. yeah. view of it. Okay. And uh, I couldn't get it right. And I just started crying. I said, Dad, I just can't do this. And he said, well, let me show you a way you could possibly do this. And he drew a grid on the picture I was trying mm, to copy okay, right. from the magazine. And then he taught me how to do the grid on this piece of drawing paper and just figure out how all the lines are moving from the line the itself. Right. Uh -huh. So I spent the rest of the night doing that and it looked great. I was so proud of that. And I, I brought it into class and so the teacher's coming down now. Now the aisle again, the art teacher, she comes to me, she sees my my car and she grabs it, <gasps> balls it up and throws it on the floor and says, I told you no tracing. <gasps> oh, wow. Wow. And it took everything I had to make sure I didn't break down and cry in front of my class. How old were you at this time? I'm thinking I was probably like in fifth grade. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, that's very impressive. That's too bad, with the hey, right I, teacher. Yeah. Have you sent her anything lately? <laughs> I, I hear that story a lot from my clients or just other artist friends. Now that they might be retiring, they're going to finally learn about art. And it was that one situation, Inc. wanted to pursue it, and the if, if someone says, well, you're a horrible, or, mm. you know, why bother with this? Yeah, don't quit your you day job. You put it away. Well, I think we can all relate to this. I think we've probably all heard this at some point in time. And we talked about this, Kat, right? When are you going to get a real job? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, that happens. Well, yeah. one person can make certainly a difference mm -hmm. in a person, another person's life, right. uh, for better or for mm -hmm. worse. And exactly. Every person you meet in life can look back on their education and say that there was this one particular teacher that, for whatever reason, you you really had a nice relationship. Exactly. And you felt encouraged mm -hmm. and guided and mentored, mm -hmm. and then you you somehow took giant steps ahead in whatever that right. pursuit was. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Uh, and, unfortunately, and I had some people in that area too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I guess I was blessed for the fact that my art teachers, when I was growing up, actually was one of this, the, the cornerstones for me in, in pursuing a life art. And unfortunately, where yours thought you were cheating and tracing it, bubbled right. it up, point of, of yeah. having that one that, that makes a difference, it, I, I understand that part, yeah. I was fortunate in that my mother was my music teacher growing up, and so I got a lot of encouragement, which sometimes I think was really, really good because now I have no stage fright, which is awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there were times when I was growing up, I was a little full of myself when it came to 
performing arts. And so there's got to be that balance. You don't mm -hmm. want to totally discourage somebody, but you also don't want to inflate their ego. Right. It's a tough balance. Yeah. Kind of like when you're doing those portraits, right? And you start getting into it and then you mm -hmm. go, I just need a little bit more color. And then you go, yep, I got to start all over again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you overshoot it. Now you have to pull yourself out and you know, bring it back, the but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah it but did all... you see what I did there? Did you see mm -hmm. how that kind of worked right back into that? <laughs> <laughs> right. There we go. And we've actually worked ourselves right back into another commercial. So we'll take one more break. Victor, stick around. We want to get some more stuff with you before we wrap up the show. I've got to get some coffee, and it sounds like Chris needs to get a bite to eat. And we'll <laughs> be do. back. In, we'll be back in just a minute. Wingate, author of Before We Were Yours, and today I've been enjoying Partnership with the Arts talk show. Okay, so we are back and we want to make sure we thank uh, author Lisa Wingate that we had on the show here for that commercial. It was, again, it was great to see her. And while commercial break was on there, we're talking with Victor here and we found out that wife's birthday is tomorrow. Tomorrow, yes. I'm yeah. not going to say the number, but it's tomorrow, yes. Yeah. 29, right? It could be. It's close. Yes. It's close. Yes. It's like I had my second annual surprise birthday party. I went, it was 45 again. Oh, shelves. So, but we were talking during the break about that making something for the, the wife for birthday present, which is tomorrow. So it means you'll be burning the midnight oil. Right? Oh. oh, boy. Uh, yes. Yeah, think steampunk something special, something subtle. Yeah. Just that I had this big round pressure gauge that mm. probably weighs about two and a half pounds maybe maybe somehow I could you know weld a uh, pin to it and then she could wear it on on her blouse you know I somehow I don't think a normal magnet or a clip will hold that quite in place maybe you need to put it on a chain do some steampunk bling that's probably a whole new category Ooh, there you go all right. Well, right. Now you have two in. ideas. Ooh. Yeah, because we were talking beforehand, and, and of course we said we wanted to record it for posterity. That the fact is, we're going to come up with the steampunk build a bear set of our own. <laughs> oh, boy, that would be something. I think it'd be a hot item. You got some work to do. Yeah. <laughs> now you Wait. just got to find somebody to manage all that, right? Steampunk. Yeah. <laughs> See, look what I did, honey. You know that thing you thought it was just junk. Look what I made for you. It's now art. And it's worth $1,000. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> it's worth a thousand. You know, we may be better not let her listen to this, or we may be on her naughty list. Well, we'll just make sure this airs well after her birthday. <laughs> she would encourage Met your wife. She's, she's a lot of fun she's and very supportive. Person. Yeah, very supportive of, of your art. Victor, usually we ask for contact info or website or Facebook, but as you were telling me, you're still looking for that manager to, to handle that. Yes, I'm looking for my manager to do that, yes. My you know, lovely manager, who I've been married to for many, many years. Um, <laughs> but it hasn't that. happened yet. <laughs> yet. So I don't have a business card. I, I don't have a Facebook page. It's just enjoy doing my art, but not the other kinds of things that are related to it if I wanted to to market it, I'm just efficient in that area. Well, I think we'll have to get together because we do have the sci-fi 
verse page. You That's get some right. pictures. We mm -hmm. can post your work out there for you. Cool. Uh, and then, of course, we have the Partnership for the Arts page and website that we publish art for people and particularly guests that come on the show so mm -hmm. people can build a following that. Free advertisement for you. This is wonderful. <laughs> yes. You want me to do a commercial? No. We will. <laughs> <laughs> Free with the commercial. <laughs> okay. So, Victor, anything else you want to add in there besides uh, wishing the wife happy birthday? I think art's a wonderful way for people to explore some of the inner talents they may have, but never knew that they had them. There you go. You think yeah. about how many people are retiring and coming to Florida and taking art classes for mm -hmm. the first time, and the work that they produce is just amazing. Mm -hmm. You just look at what goes on here on the walls every month. There's an amazing show. So You're much, right. Mm -hmm. So much talent. I, I, can't, I can't grasp it. There's just so much of it. Well, think about Grandma Moses. Wasn't she 100 when she was, like, in her prime? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so what would happen if we were able to give people the encouragement earlier? How many works of art we're missing out on because mm. people just do not get that encouragement? That's right. That's right. right. And you know what? When you do actually reach the retirement age, I just see it as like, okay, you're going into the next phase of your life. Next Maybe season. they've mm -hmm. set themselves up that they can freely now explore the arts. And I'll tell you what, you know, I have repeat students over the years and they are developing. They take the class. They might be interested in it. They had a, a slight little spark for it when they were younger, but now they're really developing and winning awards in national shows. Yes, they are. And they're That's really exciting. pursuing it. At first, they just want to learn it and they really want to go further with it and take it seriously. But you can start at any age. There is no limit. If you're 80, you can take paintbrush mm -hmm. and you can learn. I don't care what they say out there. You can learn at any age. You can mm -hmm. always so. reinvent yourself. And it's exactly. like with Victor, you know, he has so many different media types that he uses for his artwork. And, you know, I love that you don't limit yourself. You're not like, okay, right. well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a scratch art. That's all I do. Oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I'm changing my mind. I'm doing steampunk. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, hold that thought. You're just like, yeah. let's do it all. Yeah. You know, yeah. if it comes to you, you do it. And I think more people need to embrace that. I agree. Right. Right. Well, that's one of the things they do here at the VAC. And, mm -hmm. and Victor, you know as well as no instructor here will crumble your artwork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. That's right. That's yes. right. Yeah. Many, many excellent instructors here at the Art Center. And I've, I've worked with a few of them already. And none of them have thrown me out the door either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, I just wanted to bring something back around. Chris, you had just mentioned uh, Grandma Moses. Yeah. We did an interview with the National League of American Pen, Pen Women. Women, and she was, uh, Grandma Moses was actually one of the members of that of that society. Oh, that's wonderful. Full circle. We just yep. did an interview with them not too long ago. A great group. Yes. Women started back in the 1800s, mm -hmm. I think it was, yeah, yeah. for women that weren't allowed to be in the press corps. So that's they started right. their own oh, corps. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Quite prestigious. Anyway, I just thought about that, so I just wanted to kind of bring that back around. Well, that's a great little tidbit. Victor, you have to make her a steampunk coffee <gasps> cup. Oh, yes. Oh. See, we're giving you all and kinds you of ideas. And you can put the pressure Maybe even a steampunk coffee machine you can use a pressure gauge. There you go. Mmm. 
Oh, look at the what? wheels spinning there. <laughs> yeah, you know, the I little metal here. container I pressure here. cooker. I, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to drive the car. It's <laughs> going through my head. <laughs> We've done it now. Okay, so if there's nothing else to add, Victor, I think we'll, we'll finish with that one. <laughs> oh, it's so good we can help the guests come in on the show. <laughs> right. We broke the artist today. <laughs> sure that's the first one but <laughs> okay well then victor thank you for coming on the show oh uh, thank, thank you. you you were all great hosting the show together the three of you oh, thank and you i feel yeah. very comfortable and it was a good experience thank you for having me it was well, an honor for me really yeah well you know if you're in the area you can drop in mm -hmm. on the show and say hi huh Great. There you great. go. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, Chris, again, welcome to the show. Thank welcome. you. Quite a bit to learn about this wonderful lady here. History and performing mm -hmm. arts, singing, yes. music as well. Yes. And we will get into that as we yeah. move along, as you start the, the series as new co-host on the show. Absolutely. And Miss Cat. Sad to say, we, we've got one show left to do. I know. But we'll stay in touch and For we'll sure. work on the uh, art correspondence section there. <laughs> we'll steal another 30 seconds of your time here somewhere. All right. So, with that being said, everyone, we appreciate tuning in and listening and following along. Again, Victor, thanks for the time coming on the show. It was great. Lots oh, of good so stuff. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, everyone. Well, thank you uh, for listening in to Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. And we'll talk soon. Kat, you have a good day. Have a great day, too. Yeah. And Chris, you have a good day. We'll see you next show as well. Yes, sir. You All as right. well. Oh, and blessings, everyone. Here we go. <laughs> this is Partnership for the Arts Talk Show. Thanks for joining us. As we explore the worlds of art. You can find this and other episodes on our Facebook page, Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show, or our newest website, pftatalkshow.org. This show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Vast warehouse of, of uh, my plethora of useless information. <laughs> you know, someday I'm going to win at Trivial Pursuit because of all of this. But for right now, I'll just throw it out at our listeners. My husband calls it in himself the vast storehouse of useless information. <laughs> Jeopardy's waiting for you. Oh, <laughs> hey, we could be rich. That would right. be great. Ooh, what if we could, can we do a team Jeopardy? If we put us all there together, we ought to win something, right? Mm, something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you, you like to collect coffee cups. I you? do like coffee cups very much. <laughs> there we go. Chris, we'll have to get you one of the vat coffee oh, cups while yes, we're talking yes. about that. No, yeah. I was actually thinking this morning as I'm moving into my new house, I have no idea where I'm putting all my coffee cups now that I am in a new kitchen. It's going to take a while. <laughs> I might have to bring them here. <laughs> the Chris Storage of Coffee Mice. Oh, right. we could do an exhibit. Chris got this in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a whole other show coming oh, up. Oh, yeah. <laughs>